take your Bibles and follow along with me. We're going to be reading from Luke chapter 8 this morning. Luke chapter 8. And what we're going to be reading is a familiar passage. This is the parable of the sower. But we're not going to focus so much on the content of the parable of the sower as we are the admonition that Christ gives in this. And here's what we want to learn today, or here's the focus today. I think too often we think that we are listening to what God wants to say to us, but many times we hear only what we want to hear. And we need to make sure as believers that we are hearing God. Or the better word, listening to God, because listening involves attention. So here's the question. How many of you think you are good listeners? You don't have to raise your hand, okay? If you raised your hand, at least I know you've listened this far. But um, most of us think we're good listeners. Many people, and it's been popularized, that women are better listeners than men. And in our household, that's probably true. And I know my wife listens better probably than I do. You're probably familiar with the scene of a husband sitting there reading a paper or something and the wife is trying to talk to him and he's shaking his head and yes, honey, yes, honey. And eventually she walks up and pulls the paper down and she says, did you hear anything I said? Uh, yeah, something. And, and that's the problem. We don't listen, but we do hear and we think hearing is enough. Okay? There's a huge difference. And this, I've tried to teach my kids this, but there's a huge difference between listening and hearing, scientifically even. All right? Hearing means we're aware that there's a noise. It's entering, the sound is entering our eardrums, and we're aware that it's there, but we're really not paying attention to it. For instance, right now you're hearing the lights buzz, but nobody's been paying attention to it until I just said something. Okay, yeah, John was, maybe a little bit. All right, but we, we sit here week after week, those, those lights buzz, we just ignore it. We know it's there, it's just part of the atmosphere or the environment, but we don't really pay attention to it. That's hearing. You hear that sound. And unfortunately, that's the way we approach many people, and especially as kids, I remember my mom would bring me in front of her and she would say, okay, I want you to listen to me. And I'd say, okay, mom, yep. And she would rattle off a list of things that I had to do and she'd get all done and she said, okay, did you hear me? I said, yeah, I heard you. She said, okay, what did I just tell you? Uh, Well, something about the garbage, and I, you know, I don't know. Because I wasn't listening. I did hear it, but I wasn't listening. So the Bible actually tells us, and Christ specifically tells us, the warning, or gives us the warning, about the difference between hearing God and really listening to God. Because we can hear what the Bible says to us. As Christians, we, many times I think we do this. We come to church or we're reading our Bible and we hear what God says to us. We go through, yeah, I did my Bible reading or I listened to the message or whatever. And we walk away and then 10 seconds later, somebody could come up and ask us, oh, what did you just listen to or what did you just read? Uh, I was reading in Psalms something. And it's gone. Because we're not applying our attention to it We're not listening to what God wants to say to us. So listening has to do with really paying attention. And the Bible teaches us that the difference between listening and hearing is that a listener will also obey. And Christ pointed that out here in Luke chapter 8. So I want to direct your attention to Luke 8 for just a minute. We're going to start reading in verse 5. And this is, again, the parable of the sower. And the Bible says, A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away, because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples asked him, saying, what might this parable be? And he, said unto, uh, and he said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Now the parable is this. 
The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, for which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell among thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection but that on the good ground but but that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart having heard the word keep it and bring forth fruit with patience no man when he hath lighted a candle covereth it with vessel or putteth it under a bread a bed but setteth it on a candlestick that they which enter may see the light for nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. For whatsoever, ha- for whosoever hath, to him shall be given. And whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken, even that which he seemeth to have. Let's take a minute and pray, and then we'll look at what Christ has to teach us about hearing. Lord, I thank you for your word, that you have given us your truth, and we know that we can count on it that it is always right, that it is always true, that it always pinpoints those pieces of our life that are not right with you. It exposes our wrong and, may, and lays it open to the light. And so, Lord, today I pray that as you speak to us through your word, that we would open our minds and hearts, that we would really pay attention and listen and not just hear what you say, but that we would apply it to our lives. Father, I pray now that you would give me strength Give me your spirit and fill me with his voice. I pray that your words might be spoken now, that you would use me as your vessel and as your mouthpiece, that we might hear your truth today from you. Lord, challenge us, lead us and guide us during this time. I pray that you would be honored in all that's said and done now. We give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so what Christ has done done here, and again, we're not going to look at the content of the parable of the sower It's Christ's warning. And when he explains the parable, it's in his explanation that we see over and over Christ talking about people who hear but really don't listen. And the reason they're not listening is is shown in in the fact that they don't follow through or they don't obey with what God says. All right? So he's talking about the gospel. But the warning here is in verse 18. He says, Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. Now the word in, in the Greek here means listen or pay attention to. There's a similar word in the Old Testament that means um, to, to listen intelligently. So there's a difference between just listening or hearing a noise and listening intelligently. That means you've got your mind engaged, you're thinking about and paying attention to what's going on around you or what you're taking in and it affects you and how you respond then to what's being said or what happens. Okay? That's exactly what Christ is saying. He's saying, okay, the word or the seed is the word of God. That's the gospel. Or the teaching of the word of God. Now remember, the gospel doesn't stop with Christ died, was raised again for our sins. The gospel is Christ died, was raised again for our sins so that we can be restored to fellowship with God so now we have the opportunity to live his life that he wants for us rather than our own. And that's where blessing is found. Okay? So it's about how we hear. And Christ says, be careful then, or take heed how you hear. Because those who have, it's basically, he's basically giving us his principle, those who listen, who obey, who have the blessing of God, further truth will continue to be given to them. Because they're living what they already know. And then he says, to those who don't have, in other words, those who've heard it, but they haven't grasped onto it, they haven't held onto the truth, they're not living the truth. He says, to them, or from them, even, will be taken away that which they seem to have. Now, if you look at the parable of sower, many people, I'm not one of them, but there are people out there who look at this and say, well, first of all, there are, these are all Christians, except for the first one. Okay, I don't believe that. I think the only one that's a Christian is the fourth person that Christ says they, they bear fruit. In, in, in John, he tells the disciples, by their fruit you shall know them. 
So the only one that really bears fruit that lasts is the last one who hears and who obeys and who hangs on or holds to the truth of the word. Okay? So the warning that Christ gives us is, be careful how you hear. Be careful how you hear the truth of God's word and then be careful what you do with it in response. And these examples that he gives us in the parable of the sower, he basically explains four types of hearers. And that's what we're going to look at today very quickly. Four types of hearers. Now, how you listen and what you do with what you hear will determine what you receive. Okay, let me say that again. How you listen and what you do with what you hear will determine what you receive out of it. Now, you've heard this phrase, and you've probably said it about people. I know I've said it about my kids sometimes. They only hear what they want to hear, right? I mean, I'm guilty of that. I was when I was a kid. They only hear what they want to hear. Yeah, Dad promised we could get ice cream. What I didn't remember or what I didn't hear is, if you clean your room. Okay, we remember the good stuff but we don't remember the conditions. We don't want to remember the responsibility. And there are people all over the world, including Christians, that are like this. And that's why Christ says, be careful with how you hear, because how you listen and what you do with what you hear will determine what you receive. Not just the blessing that comes out of it, but the truth that's in it. Okay? In verse 16, Jesus declares here that He came to... to, um, to reveal the truth, not to hide it. He says, no man when he hath lighted a candle covereth it with a vessel. In other words, when you have the light, and he's, he's talking about himself initially, but then the fact that we're believers, we're supposed to take that truth and live it so that other people can see it in our lives. He says a person that has a light is not going to light a candle and then stick it under a pitcher or put it under the bed so that nobody can see it. If you truly have the truth of God in your life, it's going to show. And basically, what he just explained before this is there are three types of people it doesn't show. There's the people who are the the pathway. The word comes, the truth comes, and they basically ignore it, and Satan snatches it away. And then there's the the, uh, stony ground, which has no root. He says it takes root, it springs up, it looks like there's life, but when the sun comes out, it withers and dies and no fruit is produced. And then he says, and then there's the thorny ground. These people are so enamored by the world that they receive the word, but they look at it and they say, well, I want the good part, but I want the world too. And so they try to add God to their worldly life. And he says the cares of the world choke out the truth. The truth is never shown in their lives because they're too much about the world. And then he says, but there's one good one. The one who receives the word with joy and it takes root and bears fruit. And he's talking about spiritual fruit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, the things that we read in Galatians chapter 5 that a true Christian has in their life. And the fact that they have a love for God and a love for other people. And the first way that we show love for other people is to make sure that we bring them to the truth of God. So this is all in this parable that Christ is talking about. So he says, be careful how you hear. It's the law of use. We would call it, use it or lose it. And that's literally what Christ says here. I'm going to give you truth. How you receive it and what you do with it will determine whether I'm going to give you more truth or not. And if you're going to reject the truth that I give you, then I'm going to withhold the truth from you so that you believe the lie that Satan wants to to give you because you've rejected God. That's exactly what he did with the Pharisees. And he says, I speak in parables because they don't want to hear the truth. They only want to hear what they want to hear. They've already made up their mind. And so the truth is not going to change them. And because they've already made up their mind, they've already rejected God. Therefore, they're going to have what truth they have taken from them because they don't want to follow God. They want to have their own religion and their own life. And so that's what he's talking about when he says in the last verse, Whosoever hath, to him shall be given. Whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. Now right there, that phrase tells me these other three people are not really saved. So so what we see here is it's all about how we hear. 
It's how we listen to what God is saying to us and then how we respond to it. There was a man called Dag Hammarskjöld, obviously foreign, um, but he wrote an article in Christianity Today a couple of years ago, and he said this, how can you expect to keep your powers of hearing when you never want to listen? That God should have time for you, you seem to take for granted. But you never have time for God. Now there's some truth to that. See, we want God to listen to us when we want to say something to Him or when we want something from Him. God has to be there. God said He would hear my prayer. But then when God wants to speak to us, sorry God, I'm too, I'm too busy. I'm too tired. I, I got too much going on. I've already determined what my life is like, so don't mess me up with the truth. And that's how we respond to Him. In Proverbs, as we read this morning in Proverbs chapter 4, the key to wisdom is all based on hearing and listening. It's paying attention to it. We read that in Proverbs chapter 4 today. He said, hear my son, receive my sayings. The word there that he's talking about is shamah. It means to listen intelligently, as I mentioned before. But all through Proverbs, you see this admonition to listen carefully and then to hold on to the truth. Proverbs 1 starts off with this. A wise man will hear and will increase in learning. That means what you hear affects how you continue to grow and what you, what you believe. In uh, Proverbs chapter 4, the beginning of that chapter, the, the writer says, Hear ye children the instruction of your father. Okay? And it goes on. We read chapter uh, 4 verse 10. Proverbs 8 verse 34. Blessed is the man that hears me. All of these words are shamah. To, to listen intelligently. So wisdom from God comes from a focused attention in listening. Not just hearing, but listening. And so as believers, Christ is telling us, be careful how you hear or how you listen. Because there's lots of people who hear the noise of the gospel and hear the noise of what God wants them to hear, but they don't process it. They don't hold on to it. It doesn't change their lives. And if it doesn't change your life, then Christ says, all right, if you don't want it, I'm going to take it away. And then you're on your own. James chapter 1, verse 22. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. Basically, he's, he, here's what it comes down to. If you're truly listening, then you will obey. If you're only hearing, then what you hear won't make a difference in your life. So Christ describes here in the parable of the sower four different kinds of hearers. He starts in verse 12, and here's the explanation of the parable. He says, those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. These are careless hearers. If you want to put a name on them, they're careless hearers. These are the people the message goes in one ear and out the other. Makes not a bit of difference they couldn't remember a word that's spoken because to them, it's all just foolishness. Okay, We saw on Thursday night, the Greeks, when they heard the message of the gospel, to them it was foolishness because their starting point was where? It wasn't with God, it was me. Me, it's all about me. I'm the one that reasons, I'm the one that explains, I'm the one that makes understanding. It's not about God at all. That's these kinds of people. In a sense, they're Greeks. They've already decided what their life is going to be like, what truth is, and when God's Word contradicts that, they ignore it. See, it's possible for us to hear with our physical ears and not hear with our ears of understanding. It's, it's, there's a funny illustration of this. When uh, President Franklin D. Roosevelt was in office, and he was there for quite a while, there were many times when he would have receptions and, and people from other countries, the dignitaries of of United States. Anyway, great people would come and they would greet him. And basically, he started to wonder, okay, are these people ever even listening to what I have to say as they come up and shake my hand? And so at one particular gathering, he decided he was going to test that theory. And as the dignitaries came in and started going through the line and they got to him, he'd smile and he'd shake their hand and he'd say, I murdered my grandmother this morning. And the people literally would go, that's nice, thank you for your service, and they move on down the line. 
And it happened over and over and over. They would shake his hand and he'd smile and say, I murdered my grandmother this morning. And, and no weird response, nobody even paid attention, until one foreign dignitary came at the end of the line and he said, thank you for coming, I murdered my grandmother this morning. And he smiled and he said, she probably deserved it. Okay. Finally, he found somebody who actually was listening to him. Okay. Now, I don't know if he really believed that, but at least he heard what he said. But that's how people are. They hear what's going on, but they don't process it. They don't receive it. Okay, and we do that so many times with the Bible. This is what Christ is talking about. These are the, are the people that are so uh, enamored with what their thinking is. I've already got it figured out. And so the Bible comes to them. The gospel is, is taught to them. And it goes in one ear and out the other because they don't want to change their life. It doesn't matter to me. God is nothing I've already got life figured out. Don't confuse me with the truth. Matthew 13, 13, Jesus actually says, Therefore I speak to them in parables, because they seeing, see not. Hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. We read the same passage here in Luke chapter 8. And basically what he's saying is, these kinds of careless hearers, they hear the sound, they hear the words, but it makes no difference to them at all. It goes in one ear and out the other. The Pharisees are a perfect example of hearing God, but not really listening to him. Because they knew the, the law. They knew the law better than anyone. Many of them had memorized the entire law of Moses. The first five books of the Bible. I mean, they could speak it word for word. Now, that's better than I can do. Okay? But Christ, over and over and over, condemned the Pharisees for this very thing. They heard the law, but they did not listen to it because it didn't affect their lives. He said, you've got all this down, you're doing everything right, but you've missed the substance. You're not listening to God, you're doing this to try to make yourself good enough for God to accept you. He said, it doesn't work that way. You have to humble yourself, you have to let God break you, you have to do it God's way, not your way. And the Pharisees did what? They accused him of heresy and they wanted to crucify him. And so his entire ministry, that was his message, and for his entire ministry, their response was, let's kill him. That's these people. They're careless hearers. They don't want to hear the word of God. So they completely ignored the central message of the word of God, of the truth of God, and of their need of a savior because they were trying to earn their way to heaven. We have a whole world full of people just like that now. The gospel is proclaimed, the gospel is shown, people have access to the gospel all over the place, but it's not important to them because they don't want God. Charles Haddon Spurgeon explained it this way. He said, there are those who make the mistake to imagine that simply by hearing first one preacher and then another, they can derive benefit to their souls. Such type of hearing profits little. It's like a raven flying from cage to cage, but by doing so, it's not going to be changed into a dove. You can go from banquet room to banquet room, and the sight of the tables of food will never relieve your hunger. What matters is not just to hear, but to have and hold the truth personally and inwardly. He said, if you don't see to do this, then you will die in your sins. Even if 10,000 voices direct you to the way of salvation, or even if you're able to recite the Romans road from memory, it's not going to help you. It's a tragedy that the bulk of hearers are hearers only and are no more likely to go to heaven than the pews they sit in. And he's talking about people in church. The majority of, he, he basically said the majority of people in church are there to benefit themselves, to make a good showing, to, to make themselves good enough for God to accept them, but they don't hear the truth of God. And there's going to be millions of people, I believe, that are professing believers who are not in heaven someday because Christ is going to come to them and say, depart from me, I never knew you. Because they didn't want to listen. So the first, part, the first type of fear is the careless fear. It's the, hard, the, stony, the, the pathway ground. The seed falls, Satan comes, snatches away because they really don't want it. Then he gets to verse 13 in Luke chapter 8. Here's the second one. He says, they on the rock, this is the rocky ground or stony ground, are they which when they hear receive the word with joy. And these have no root, 
which for a while believe and in time of temptation fall away. These are what we would call superficial hearers. Superficial hearers. These are people that hear and they make a superficial confession of faith. Yes, I believe they receive the word of God in respect to forgiveness and redemption, but let's not go beyond that. Okay? These I would put in the category of the red-letter-only people, and not even that. It's the, you know what, the only thing that's really important in the Bible is the gospel. Let's ignore all the other stuff. Don't get bogged down by all the do's and don'ts and all the holiness stuff. That's not important. What's important is to trust Jesus. And that's it. That's not what the Bible says. Think about, what, the, what is the Great Commission? A lot of people get the first part right, but they forget the second part. When Christ commissioned the disciples, he said what? Go into all the world and preach the gospel, right? And then he turned around and walked away. No, he didn't. He said go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them and teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. That means that everything Christ taught is what we need to learn. That means this is Christ's handbook for us. So all of it's important. And if we only focus on the gospel, because that's all that matters, we just got to get people to heaven. It doesn't matter how they live after that. Christ says, you know what? People who think that's all that matters, just believe and you're okay, and then the rest of your life you can do with what you want. No, those are the people he's going to go to and say, depart from me, I never knew you. Because the gospel is the thing that brings us to faith, but the gospel is, is if you eliminate it from the rest of the Bible, is not the gospel. Because the gospel includes giving my life to Christ and letting him transform me into something that God wants to make me. See, here's the person, and this is what Christ is saying here. This is the person that wants the benefits of salvation but doesn't want any of the responsibility or accountability to God. Yep, God saved me. I want to go to heaven. This is my life insurance policy, but then don't bother me the rest of my life. See, this is the person who fails to count the cost to consider the extent of the commitment, self-denial, sacrifice, and the suffering in many cases to which God calls us as a believer. He never applies himself to gain a fuller or deeper knowledge of Christ. The gospel's enough. And now I'm good. And you know what? It won't matter if I don't read the Bible the rest of my life or go to church the rest of my life because I'm saved. I said that prayer. I walked that aisle. That's all that matters. And Christ right here is saying, no, that's not all that matters. Because you're not listening. You don't really want to listen and receive. You just want what's going to benefit you. Matthew chapter 24, Christ said this, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. See, it's all about wanting God in the world too. Or God in my life too. Or God, but don't, let me, don't make me let go of sin. Neil Postman wrote a book called Amusing Ourselves to Death. It was a book that was basically condemning Christianity that the substance of it had become nothing but entertainment. And he says this, I believe that I am not mistaken in saying that Christianity is a demanding and serious religion. When it's delivered as easy and amusing, it becomes another kind of religion altogether. I think that would be called a false gospel. And that's what Christ says. Jesus said in, in John chapter 12, He that loves his life shall lose it. He that hates his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there also shall my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. In other words, if you're a believer, your life is going to be literally 100% about serving God. Not serving God the way you want to serve God, but serving God the way He wants you to serve Him. Jesus said in Matthew 16, He said, If any man will come after Me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow Me. I mean, th this is plain teaching that Christ is teaching. He says, For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. Whosoever shall lose his life for My sake shall find it. For what is a man profit if, if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? 
In other words, if you want salvation, if you want the gospel to change your life, if you want the benefits of being in God's family, you either take all of what God says or you're accepting none of it. So these superficial hearers are those that want the benefits without the responsibility. And these you can tell. As soon as life gets hard, as soon as the trials come, as soon as it's not easy to be a Christian, that's enough for me, I'm backing out now. You know, the Bible tells us that in the, as we get closer to the end times, things are going to get worse and worse. I just read, that people's love will wax cold. People are going to depart farther and farther from Scripture. We can see it happening in our society today. And at some point, it may be that it is illegal to be a Christian. It is illegal to mention the name of Christ or to talk about the gospel. And we will go to jail. We will be persecuted. We will be put to death. You know, my wife and I talk about that, not a lot, but we've talked about that. And I have this question that I always come back to. When it gets that bad in the world, that the Christians are driven underground again like they were in the early church, who do you want to be in your cave? Is it those people who are going to hide, who are going to whimper, who are going to, oh, you know what, it's illegal to mention the name of Christ, so let's not talk about it. It's offensive to talk about the true God It's offensive to say there's only one way to heaven, so let's not go there. That's these people. They're superficial hearers. They look like they're Christians, but when it really comes down to the fight, Christ says they're not the real thing because they don't want to listen. They don't want to accept all of God's truth about what being a Christian really means. So they want the benefits of Christianity without the responsibility. They want to define the Christian life in their own way. They want living for Christ to be easy and prosperous. And you look at some of these big churches like Joel Osteen has, 10,000, 20,000 people. What are they preaching? Come to God and all your problems will go away. Come to God and you'll be rich and happy. What does Christ say? Follow me. Take up your cross. Deny your own life. There's going to be persecution. There's going to be suffering. You will be put to death, but it's all worth it. I mean, that's what we talked about last week. Getting, striving for, attaining that prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. But Jesus said in Luke 9, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. That means if you can't handle the Christian life as God promised it would be, then you're not going to get salvation. It's not an easy thing just to say, I believe, I'll take the gospel, but don't burden me with the rest of it. You either get all, or you have none. So hearing only what you want to hear is really not listening. And it's fruitless to claim that, that you believe the Bible for salvation if you also do not believe that salvation includes giving up your life to accept the life that God has for you, no matter what it may be. So these are the superficial hearers. That's the second kind of hearer. Number three is in verse 14. We get to verse 14, and he says, And that which fell among thorns are they, which when they have heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. These are what I would call carnal hearers. Carnal hearers. They want God, but they want the world too. I want to be like God, but I want to be like the world. I don't want to live so extreme in Christianity that the world thinks I'm weird. You know? I don't want to have to sacrifice everything. I'm willing to sacrifice some, but don't ask me to give up everything. See, this kind of person is, is, and Christ says, Look at what he says. When they have heard, they go forth and are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. He says they, they receive it. They hold on to it until it gets in the way of what they want to get. And the cares of the world, the riches of the world, the pleasure, especially pleasure of the world, interfere with their hearing. Now again, these people will reinterpret Scripture and say, you know what? Life doesn't really have to be all that bad as a believer. They want a a double life. 
They want to live for Christ while they live in the world. And be of the world. They want God and the world too. I had a conversation with a man years ago, and he made this comment to me. He says, you know what, I I view Christianity as this. We don't have to be so different from the world. He said, it's like walking the fence. You have to have balance in your life. You have to have enough balance not to be too spiritual or to be too worldly. There's that middle ground that's exactly where we need to be. And my response was this, you can't walk the fence and have God and the world too. Because if you're trying to walk the fence, then you're on the world's side. Because walking the fence is not where God wants us to be. God wants us to be all in. What did Joshua say? As he challenged the Israelites, he said, choose you this day whom you will serve. Either you're going to live for God 100%, or you're going to chase after what the world offers. Christ says this is the kind of person who looks like he brings forth fruit, but it never matures. It withers and dies because the cares of the world choke it out. He never really has true love because his love is for the things that the world has to offer. And what the carnal hearer misses is that although God is available to everyone and salvation is available to everyone, you either have to choose God or you've chosen the world and you can't have both. And Christ said, you have to make a decision. You cannot serve God and mammon or riches or all the things the world has to offer. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, what? The love of the Father is not in him. Now, that's a pretty clear teaching that if our love is for the world, then we have no regard for God. Because you can't love two opposing things. James chapter 4, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So over and over and over the scripture teaches and, and, and Christ tells us, here's the way it really is. This is what true Christianity and salvation really is all about. This is the definition. You cannot have it any other way. And people hear that and they go, okay, well, yeah, I want to be safe, but I want all this too. And so the things of the world appeal to them and choke out what life they would really have. And that's why Christ says at the end, those that have not, they will not receive the entire truth. To them that seemeth to have the truth, from them even it will be taken away. Because they don't want all of God. They don't want all of God's truth. They just want the stuff that benefits them. So there's no such thing as walking the fence between God and the world. If you're not on God's side, then you have chosen the world and you've abandoned God. So hearing God's way then, and trying to modify it to suit your own desires, is not really listening. We hear it, but we reject it. So that's the carnal here. Then he gets to the fourth here, and this is in verse 15. He says, okay, here's the person that is truly a believer. But that on the good ground are they which, ha- which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, what does he say? Keep it. That means obey it. They hold on to it. Like we read in, in, in uh, Proverbs this morning. They grasp onto it. They, they wrap their arms, their heart around it because this is where life is found. This is the wisdom of God that's going to save them. And he says they keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Now, why does Christ have to throw that word patience in there? I think we'd all be a lot happier if he just said, and they bring forth fruit. Well, he just talked about the people who, when trials come, when things get hard, they're done. He just talked about people who, when the world appeals to them, and they have to deny themselves the pleasures of the world so that they can follow God, Okay, they abandon God. And now he comes and he says, okay, but the true believers, those people who really listen, they hold on to the truth of God. 
They're the ones that hold it. They're the ones that obey it. They're the ones that are going to develop fruit over time. See, we live in a culture of immediate gratification. Everything has to be right now. If we don't have a hamburger in 22 seconds, oh, this place can't serve food. I'm never coming back here. Right? If you want to eat that stuff, fine. There's probably about as much nutrition in those as the wrapper that it comes in. Okay, but you compare that. If you make one of them at home, you got the real meat. Hopefully it's real meat that they serve. I don't know. Okay, but you got real meat. You make the hamburgers. You make the, the stuff. You, it takes time to cook it. Why do people go to fast food places? Because it's convenient. It's fast. They don't have to do the work. People want Christianity to be like McDonald's. Yeah, I'm going to come to church, give me what I need, and I'm out of here. And Christ says, no, it takes time. There's a development process. As you bring in and hold the truth of God, it builds on itself. You take principle after principle after principle after principle, and as you understand this principle, then God gives you another one to live. And so the Christian life is not about, oh, I'm saved, bing, there's fruit. Okay, the Christian life is, okay, I know the Lord saved me, now I can't wait to see what He's going to do in my life. And we've talked about this, you know, people say this all the time. Yeah, I know I need to develop in patience, but I'm afraid to pray for patience. Why? Because God's going to put you through some hard times to develop patience. Yeah, I need to trust God more. What's He going to do? He's going to allow you to go through some suffering and some trials, so you learn to trust God more. And if you go through this, for 10, or 20, or 30, or 50 years, then through a lifetime of experience and learning to trust God at the end of that time, I mean, we, we know people like this, and they've had rough lives, they've, they've gone without, they've gone through ex- extreme circumstances that we would never even dream of wanting to go through, and yet they become some of the most godly people we've ever known. I'm not saying everybody who goes through a hard life ends up that way because some of them won't listen to God's truth. I want it now. I want my life. I want the world. And basically God's saying, no, I don't want you to have that. And so they're fighting God the whole time. But the sincere listener is one who doesn't just hear God's word. He keeps it. And he obeys it. How much? All of it. When Christ says salvation is about trusting in me, yes, I've trusted in Christ. But salvation is all about giving up my life. Yes, I'm willing to give up my life. Salvation is about suffering for Christ. Yes, I'm willing to suffer for Christ. I want salvation more than anything else, so I don't care what it costs me to follow Christ on this earth. That's what Christ says as a real believer, a real disciple. We read from Proverbs this morning. At the beginning of his reign, King Solomon, the writer of Proverbs, prayed for one gift. God came to him and said, I'm going to give you anything you want. What's the one thing you want? I mean, who of us would not want to have that opportunity? And this is not just a story where somebody rubs a lamp and a genie comes out. This is God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. He can do whatever he wants. And he came to Solomon and said, Solomon, I'm going to give you whatever you want. And we know what Solomon asked for. In the words of Solomon, an understanding heart. What does that mean? A heart that will listen and obey. Because that's where wisdom is found. His words were, Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may be discerned between good and bad. For who is able to judge this so great, thy so great a people? See, Solomon didn't go, oh, well, you know, I want a great kingdom. I want a lot of riches. I want all the, the people to, to bow down before me. No, there's a humility that's shown in his statement because he basically says, it's not I want to all the wisdom in the world so that I can be the smartest person in the world. He says, I'm not even worthy. I, I'm not qualified to do this job, God. So I need your help and I need your wisdom. I need an understanding heart to know how to do what's right and wrong. See, that's a person who's a sincere listener. They understand that their life 
is nothing without God's hand in it. They understand that what they understand is nothing unless they understand what God wants them to understand. And it doesn't just go for my salvation and my insurance card to get into heaven. It's about my life. What does God want my life to be? It's only those people who live, listen, and obey God's Word that are truly saved according to Christ. In John 10, he talks about being the Good Shepherd, and he says, My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. It's not my sheep hear my voice, and then they wander off doing what they want to do. They follow me. Just a few chapters before that, Jesus said to the the Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word... Then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now it's interesting, he didn't say, if you believe my word, then you are my disciples. He said, if you continue in my word, because that's the characteristic of a true believer and a real listener. They continue in the truth. So that's the real listener. The sincere listener, someone who loves, who will accept, will keep and obey the truth. It doesn't matter what God says, that's what we're going to do. Those who are closest to Christ are those who hear and obey Him. In Luke chapter 8, as we read this morning, if you go down just a few more verses, we stopped at verse 18 and where the warning for hearing comes. And then he says in verse 20, And it was told by certain of them which said, Thy mother and thy brethren stand without desiring to see thee. Look at his answer. He said, And he answered and said unto them, My mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do it. So who's in Christ's family? Those who hear, who listen, and because they listen, they obey. See, it's those people who listen and obey. It's that their listening causes the right response. If we listen, but we don't respond, then we're not listening. We're hearing. If you hear the word of God spoken, and it does not do something to change your life, or to challenge you in your Christian life, or to inspire you to praise the Lord, or some response that gives God the glory, then all you're doing is hearing. Your depth of, the depth of your relationship with God is not determined by how much of the Bible you know or how much you've memorized. It's determined by how much of the Bible you obey. And there are a lot of people who want all the rest of it and all the world and all the stuff that's there, but I want God too, and they're never happy and they never have God's blessing because they're miserable all the time, because they have too much of God to be happy with the world, and too much of the world to be happy with God, and they're stuck in the middle. And there's the people that are trying to walk the fence. The depth of your relationship with God is determined by how much of the Bible you obey. How has it changed your life? In John 14, Jesus said, He that, loves, he that hath my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved to my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. And then Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Love and obey. That's the response that God wants. The question is, are you a hearer or are you a listener? And it's only answered by, how much do I love the, the Word of God and God, and how much do I obey Him? How much of the Bible do I see as, here are the principles that have to, got to, to form my life, here are the, the things that God wants me to take and put into practice in my life, because this is the life that God wants me to live. And this is what God wants me to become. See, in Revelation chapter 2, as we close, in Revelation chapter 2 and 3, Christ wrote letters to the seven churches. And in those letters, he pointed out some good things and some bad things. And when he got to the exhortation part and he said, okay, 
in many, in, in, you know, one of them lost their first love. Another church, um, you know, had, had embraced the wrong things. Some of, one was lukewarm. The church at Laodicea was just lukewarm. And he says, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Okay. But he pointed out the bad thing. And then after each admonition, every single letter ended with this. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And that word here is not just, I'm aware of the noise. The word here that Christ used was, intelligently pay attention and let it make a difference in your life. Why would Christ give the admonition if he didn't want people to change? Now here's the question. How many of you are perfect? How many of you never sin? How many of you, your lives are exactly what God wants them to be and you never make any mistakes in that that regard? I'm not going to raise my hand because I'm not there yet. That means we all still have a lot to learn. And we all still have a lot that God wants to change. And it's only going to happen when we continue to listen to God's Word. Not hear it. Not sit in church. Yep, I heard the message. That was a good message. And we go on Monday morning and it's gone. Not sit in our devotions and read the passage. And I've got 25 verses for today, so I'm good. And then walk away and forget what we heard. It's really paying attention to what God wants us to hear from Him and then letting it make a difference in our life in our response to it. That's the listeners that Christ says are his disciples. That's the ones that are his sheep that follow him. That's the ones that are willing to give up their life to gain the life that God has for them. And I'm not talking just about lifestyle. I'm talking about life. The message is the same for us as it is that he gave to these churches and that he gave in the parable of the sower. What kind of hearer are you? If you're truly going to live a Christian life, then you really need to listen to God's Word with the intent of obeying whatever we find there. And you have to accept it all, not just the parts that you like. And you can't expect to have God's blessing if you don't listen to Him and obey Him in everything. With God, it's all or nothing. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we do know that you have given it to us to teach us what our life should be like. Lord, you've told us that you've given us everything for life and godliness. And it's not if we decide that that's what fits our lifestyle, but that's your command to us as your followers. You want us to be holy people. You want us to live godly lives. And so I pray that you would teach us to listen to you more intently, to obey you more completely, so that we can become what you want us to be. Lord, may you be glorified in our lives as we continue to grow. Thank you for your mercy and your patience because you know that we're not perfect. We all have a long way to go. So continue to do your work in us and help us to respond in the right way to what you want to do. For then you'll get the glory in everything that we are, and what we do, what we say, even as we eat and drink. We praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen.